Women Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Linda Crater celebrate the thoughts and opinions of magnetic, spirited, and influential women. Each week, bold, brilliant women spark vigorous conversations on the complexities of life, love, and happiness. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Crater. Ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with, uh, gosh, we've got Kathy Crafty, Frankie Picasso, Kimberly Rinaldi, and we're going to try to bring Mary Ottman on because we're talking today about advocacy. Uh, I'm going to go to Linda Frank, or I'm sorry, Linda Crater first, so we can talk about uh, advocacy. What does it mean? Why do we do it? And why does it matter? I think advocacy is usually something that has become a calling for you, something that is just so important to you that you really need to go find ways to use your experience, your passions, your care to help others. At least that's what it feels like to me, whether it's something small like sitting in a hospital room and and being the the ears for someone to listen um, while the doctor is talking about instructions so that you can do something or something more socially done where, for example, I help the caregivers of our wounded, ill, and injured veterans because they don't know how to navigate the system and that kind of thing. So advocacy is giving a voice to those who do not have a voice and and it's easier to do for someone else than it is to advocate for yourself. We're going to go to Frankie Picasso first. You know, I, I think I've, I've built a whole business around advocacy, um, mm-hmm. you know, with this, with the Good Radio Network and, and making it socially conscious. And social impact is, is a huge thing of, of and part of who I am and what I do. And it's whether it's it's, you know, um, giving children cleft palate surgery through mercy ships or saving the animals and the dogs and the sanctuaries and all of that stuff. Um, what you're passionate about, you can advocate for. And mm-hmm. I think, you, you know, there's a little bit of a difference between an activist and an advocate, but mm-hmm. um, it, it's just the degree, I think, in, to which you, you push yourself and, and you know, how, how far you're willing to go. Linda, you're in, in Washington. Lobbyists are kind of activists in a way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a lobbyist. I need to send advocate. that out there. <laughs> no way am I a lobbyist. I am an advocate, not an activist. Yes. Well, you can advocate, you know, you can advocate for, for you know, women's rights. Or you could be an activist for, you know, to the, the dog shelters like I do. Uh, mm-hmm. to don't, don't kill them. Let's, let's learn how to save them. So there's all kinds of activism and advocacy work that can be done in many, many areas. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm just so happy to be here today. Can y'all hear me? Because I'm happy. Yes. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, I, I like the word advocacy. I, of course, I immediately think of the way we try to advocate for our kids at school. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to be the person who advocates, advocates, am I saying that right? Advocates for their kids. That's right. Yep. That's my first when I saw this word, I just got excited because how many times as women have we been up to the school advocating for our children and feeling like nobody was listening or, you know, walking away feeling like we really accomplished something. So that would be my first uh, thought when I think of advocacy. It's Kimberly here. You know, I, I as you know, I don't have children. Um, I look back at the areas where I've worked as an advocate over the course of my life, and they're the areas that I, number one, as you were saying earlier, I'm very passionate about, but I also find looking back on the path that I've walked, they're the areas where I had no voice, 
where I had no advocacy. Um, I can remember being in a Target parking lot, like within six months of being married, and just watching the body language of a couple as they approached their vehicle, and I thought, that's a domestic violence situation. Mm. And she didn't move fast enough. He raised a hand to her. He didn't connect. She moved back quickly, but he was comfortable enough doing that in a parking lot. Mr. Rinaldi, bless his heart, said, let's go, let's call the police. Oh, no, I was already 10 steps moving towards them. I stayed on the other side of the vehicle. Ma'am, do you need me to call the police? Mm-hmm. The gentle, gentleman, in air quotes, said, this is none of your effing business. I said, I'm not talking to you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Ma'am, do you need me to call the police? And I will wait here until they get here. And, you know, she responded in the typical manner of somebody who's involved sure. in domestic violence. But I look back at these things and I realize that's where I just, it's an automatic gut kick in. I can't stop myself. I have to give someone a voice where I didn't have one. Mm-hmm. I agree. This is Linda. I, I think that what you're discussing is, is something so very immediate. And I, I applaud you for that. And I, I think you're right. She probably, you know, felt helpless in that situation. I think advocacy really is giving that voice. It is being a set of ears. Being one removed from something really helpful in terms of being able to have a, a calm, rational, problem problem resolution approach to things. Um, you, you mentioned D.C., and, and I work a lot with veterans, the VA, and DOD, which is all bureaucratic, and it's very challenging in terms of D.C. speak. But when you are removed a little bit, you come up with different ideas that isn't the status quo, that isn't what always has been done before, which is, of course, I think the death knell to things. If you do everything the way you've always done it, you're going to get the same result. So I love the fact that as advocates, we can offer new options. Whether they take them or not is not their um, choice sometimes, but We really can offer an awful lot in terms of giving a voice, giving ideas, um, giving the freedom for people to express themselves where they maybe didn't feel they had the chutzpah, the, the, the determination to do something for themselves or didn't even think it was, quote, allowed. So I think... Yeah, it's power. power. It's, yeah. it's a definite power. And advocating is a is a really honored spot to be given by someone because that's that's very special. I, I'm always feeling very, very, very fortunate when someone allows me to advocate for them and to help because that's all I want to do is to help, not harm. Let's like go that. over to Mary, Mary Ottman. Hi there. Can you guys hear me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, great. Um, I was wanted to tack on to what uh, Linda and the ladies were saying before um, and the, the personal story of seeing that violence um, happen in person. I think, um, you know, we can be an advocate for for not uh, for for tamping down violence against women when when we see it or hear it. And then I think. You know, look just for <laughs> just for curiosity's sake. I just went and looked up the uh, definition of advocacy, and it's public support for a cause. And so, I think so many people, especially when it comes to violence against women and assault, um, we all are against that. 
but it's that forming that platform to move forward and take a stand publicly. That's it's so powerful, especially when all our voices come together to support that. So I, I agree. I, I couldn't see who said it earlier, but there's a difference between being an advocate and, and other forms of support. I, I, I thought that was a really powerful thought she had. Well, here's, you know, we love our quotes here on this show. And, uh, <laughs> and I, this is really great. Samantha Power said it, and she said, all advocacy is at its core an exercise in empathy. And I think that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we empathize with the, you know, whoever it is that we want to stand up for. And, you know, we feel like they don't have the rights to do it, or they don't have the confidence to do it, or they just need more support than just one. You know, they need that's a team of, of more than one to do it. And so, you know, as we empathize with them, we say, yeah, we'll stand up with you and, and we'll fight for what is right. And that we have a long history of doing that as human beings. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm really curious. Um, I believe it was Linda was saying, um, and I, I just retired from Army Civil Service, so I totally relate to your experience with DOD. Um, so when you were talking about doing things differently, what what things have you seen in terms of advocacy that are that are moving things forward at a faster rate than normal? I'm curious because... So I can apply that in in other areas, too. Well, I'm not at all certain that it's always taken into account, but usually it's doing something more simply, Um, cutting out layers, being more efficient, being less uh, burdensome in terms of the layers that need to be gone through to get a response. Most often the problems that I'm dealing with are because there's no policy, there's no directive. And as you know, in the government, unless there's a policy, this knows we can't do anything. And in many cases, I'm dealing with really serious issues, you know, deep mental health issues, suicide prevention. And, and there's some very simple things, such as just being able to connect or warm hand off a phone call for someone in trouble, or mm-hmm. to reach the right person who can solve the the fact that the medical records are incorrect. And and to me, that's that's just so simple and so creative that and, and non-creative, actually. It's just yeah. a problem resolution. And it's hard for people like me to understand when that's not taken. I've had to learn to become very patient, not my strongest suit, but but it does pay to persist and, and to continue to offer things that make sense. We're excited today to share a new sponsor with you, Organifi. That's Organifi, spelled with an I at the end. And they have a delicious line of nutrition and wellness products you'll love. Today we'll share one of our favorites with you, the Organifi Complete Protein. It's a meal replacement shake with 20 grams of organic plant-based protein per serving. It's delicious. And with five digestive enzymes, you feel great without bloating and heaviness. This high-protein shake, I make mine with plain water, aids in weight loss, can be used as a filling meal replacement, has vitamins and minerals, plus MCT oils with healthy fats that can help you feel fuller longer. And Organifi Complete Protein also boosts your immunity. Each bottle has 30 servings. I love the vanilla, and Sandra loves the chocolate flavor. It's delicious, nutritious, and our listeners can get 20% off. Go to Organifi.com, that's Organifi with an I at the end, and use code DYNAMIC. Such a great addition to your health and well-being. That's Organifi.com with code DYNAMIC for 20% off your order. Organifi with an I. You'll love it. You know, I love it that you 
you distinguish between um, things that are creative and things that are just practical. That's just so great, Linda. I think we need to keep that in mind when we're advocating. Sometimes a simple solution really is the best one. Absolutely, Kathy. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, when I worked for the government, um, I, I used to work in cabinet office and, and we, we started the red tape disillusion, you know, uh, group mm. because the red tape holds stuff up that doesn't need to be held up. You know, when you have a practical solution for something, why does it take 10 studies to know that all you have to do is triage here or call there mm -hmm. and, you know, get a records clerk to look it up and go, oh, okay, thank you. Make that change for us. It doesn't take you know, going from 10 buildings to do something that, that one phone call could do for you. It's ridiculous. And so I think it's innovation in government is a necessity and I would definitely advocate for that. Um. <laughs> Frankie, I totally agree. I, I actually have done videos and discussions on the fact of, you know, you using logic in an illogical situation mm -hmm. can be an exercise in futility, but if you stick with it and you do use as you said, cutting the red tape, the simple solution really does often get you somewhere over time because people stop fighting the status quo. Yeah. We are talking today with Kathy Kraftke, Frankie Picasso, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mary Ottman. I are really on board with talking about advocacy, the importance of it. What's the difference between advocacy and activism? And why is it so important that we give voice to those who do not have voice? We are going on a short break. You're listening to Dynamic Women Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Turn after these short messages. Are you ready to go beyond happy and to live joyfully? Tune in to Lessons in Joyful Living with Kimberly Rinaldi. Kimberly believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers. Each week, Kimberly shares from decades of combined experience to help you go past happy and get to joyful living. To truly stand in a place of peace, joy, and abundance and know that it's calling for each and every one of us. Lessons in Joyful Living, Tuesdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Day has been celebrated in different ways around the world. In Italy, one tradition suggests that the first man a single woman sees on Valentine's Day was the man she would eventually marry. What's a word for the first person you see after you leave the house in the morning? A qual tag. In South Africa, some women pin the name of their love interest on their shirt sleeves, following an ancient Roman tradition known as Lupercalia. This is how South African men learn of their secret admirers. In America, it is widely believed that if women don't receive a gift of candy, flowers, or a card from their guy on Valentine's Day, he's probably going to get dumped. This is usually the cause for a charrette or an 11th hour effort by men to buy their woman a Valentine's gift. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Hey, 
Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Linda Crater, and we're visiting today with Frankie Picasso, uh, Kathy Craffy, Mary Ottman, and Kimberly Rinaldi. And we're talking about advocacy. And one of the things about advocacy is a lot of times the what we're advocating for allows us to create a scenario where we block 99% of what we're doing in order to achieve the 1%. And I see this a lot. I have a tech background and in virus protection. Mm-hmm. I was called recently to a client's house and he said, you know, Stan, I've got, I've got, I keep getting up these viruses. I keep getting these viruses. And he's like, you know, McAfee, Norton, you know, all these different virus protections. He's like, they're not catching it. They're not catching it. And he's like, and it slows down my computer and I can't get it done. So I go through this guy's browser and I'm like, you really want my honest opinion on how to make your computer run faster and make you more effective? He's like, absolutely. I said, it's really simple. You've got three virus protections running on here. You've got the best money can buy and you really need to stop going to porn sites. Yeah. (laughs) Whoa. Because the 1% of him wanting to go to the porn site was creating 99% of the problem. And in me trying to fix 99% of the problem, all of a sudden I have to jump through hoops. And that to me was the red tape, you know, all those virus protections doing the red tape, red tape, red tape. We're going to, we're going to create these firewalls. We're going to do all these things. When, if you would stop going to porn sites, you'll eradicate 99% of the malware on your computer, period, done and done. And the response was? He just turned bright red and I laughed out loud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but that's part of bureaucracy. We, we, we kill mm-hmm. things. We pull out a howitzer and a machine gun when we need a fly swatter. Mm-hmm. You know, or we need to just take a step back and think and look at what we're doing. I'm going to go to Mary Ottman first. So I just retired from the Army, and so talk about red tape. So I had 27 years of it in civil service. And so what immediately comes to my mind is all the training they do on sexual harassment, right? And so you sit every year in a room with hundreds of people and hear comment after comment with all like, asking questions like, does this really go on still? Why do we have to come to this training? Is this still happening? And so that's that's what you're talking about. It's all the red tape and forcing people to, to look at certain things and they don't even bring up date rape in there and why this is why. Okay. So I'm just going to get real with y'all. This is why I'm a big advocate for this is because I was date raped by a coworker a year and a half ago on a business trip. And Mm. so every year I would sit in here and go, this isn't doing a darn thing all these trainings and, you know, there's policy for sexual harassment training and, and all the media and all that. And, and yet the 1% are still getting through. So I'm an actual victim of that, but um, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that, Mary. Just I have to say that that's awful. And I was recommended to not report it because it would hurt my career. And you're not the first one I've heard that from in the military. And And I'm, Glad you're speaking up, by the way. This is Kathy. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. I'm Thank sorry. you. Very sorry that that happened. But the silver lining is by speaking up, you will help so many other women. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And and I that's what I'm doing now is uh, 
professionally speaking. And that's one of the things that I'm putting, you know, out there. And I spoke about it in Vancouver, actually, in May. And Uh once you start talking about things, and that's why advocacy is so great. Once you bring it out and make a public statement, so many people who felt like they were all alone come to you behind the scenes and say, thank you so much. I had one lady at, at work tell me, that out of her family of three sisters, two sisters, it had it happened to them. What's the uh, probability of that? And my daughter's 21 on a college campus. She was attacked and fought the guy off in her freshman year because we watched Law & Order SVU. And I told her, girl, you better come out there with DNA under your fingernails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody better say it was consensual. So she fought him off and she was lucky, right? But so many people aren't. And, and that's... Advocacy gives gives power and strength and a voice to those who feel alone. It's so, so very important. I love it that you told her to come out of there with DNA under her fingernail. <laughs> That's that is, right. I mean, that is so strong. Whoever messed with you really does not know. He has probably not heard the end of it. <laughs> I, I just yeah. think you're a mighty dynamic woman. You landed in the a woman. You just you just landed in the right place, girlfriend. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I am proud to be here with you guys. <laughs> Mary, I just want to add. I'm, I don't want to steal this. I want to stay on the topic of date rape, but in advocacy and your your advocacy. But you hit a a point with me that's really tender to my heart. I want to confirm what you said that. When we speak about our past, in my case, I had an abortion and I've spoken about it often in public and I have had the same experience. Women will share with me that they've never told anyone except Mm -hmm. because they've been waiting their 10, 15, sometimes 70 years. Wow. Sweet little bitty baby, just tiny little elderly women will tell you that they had a they had an abortion. 50 years ago and never told a soul because no one ever spoke about it in front of them before. Wow. Isn't it such, imagine that 70 years of isolation and thinking about that in the still of the night, you know, what would, what would it look like now? And what, I mean, all those years and there's, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm everybody, you know, that's everybody does their thing. Right. But, but the, the, just the loneliness and the isolation that well, they I, that you were able to relieve them of when they I heard just, you speak. Mary, I just want to bring it back to your topic, and that is every time you speak in Canada or anywhere else, every woman in that room has somebody they can turn to now. So keep speaking. Keep doing that. Just keep doing what you're doing. No Thank one should be so in isolation that many years. Thank you so much. I agree. That's 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 just a tragedy. For, and and the whole uh, I'll tell you just getting back to the that particular subject you know I even had a um, retired lieutenant colonel tell me he had a, a female soldier attack you start talking it's not just women the men will come up and say it happened to one of my soldiers and it was the bartender and the bouncer that drugged her drink and you know took her off when nobody was looking you know you start it's not just Women speak up for women's uh, issues, but as soon as it becomes public, you also get the supportive men, too. You do. Bringing it up is just so important because you can then take a stance on it, you know. 
and and give voice to those folks. And I'm not trying to. I'm gonna shut up now. Y'all didn't. This isn't the Mary Allen show. These things that we talk about. This is the the root of advocacy because so many of us advocate so that we don't have to live in shame anymore, or that our men and women don't have to live in shame. I'm gonna go to Frankie Picasso. Thanks. Um, Because I want to take it in a little bit different direction as far as, you know, how to advocate, how to be an advocate, how to advocate, you know, effectively. Um, You're doing it the right way, Mary. And, you know, when when you're advocating for those little children over in Africa or the doggies with the tears in their eye ducts, people turn off now. Um, There's compassion fatigue. There's um, you know, just all kinds of stuff going on. And, and, and we all have our, you know, I know like Sandra, everybody has their own uh, thing that they want to look after in, in their lives um, that, that means something to them. But there has to be a better way than guilt and, and making people feel, you know, sorry. Um, I think there's a positive way to, to be an advocate. Mm-hmm. And that's by giving solutions mm-hmm. at the same time. So it's not just, you know, come along with me and advocate for me. How can we do that? How can we help you, Mary? How can we help, you know, you, um, Kathy? How can we help anybody? Because when people talk about having an abortion, uh, there's there's a guilt to that. Not only is there guilt to it a little bit, it's the people listening who are going to judge, right? The people listening are judging you. Uh, oh, oh my God, God, you're going to go to hell. Or, oh my God, you're going to, you know, this can happen to you. None of that's going to happen. I don't believe any of that. Uh, because a woman is responsible for her own body and it's up to us what we need to do with it. Not anybody else. And if somebody else is going to, you know, doesn't matter. I'm not going to go down that road. Anyway, (laughs) let's, let's, let's find positive ways to advocate that don't make for negative emotions. What do you think? I absolutely go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Kimberly here. I, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm listening and hearing everything you guys are all saying. And, for me, and I'll probably get choked up because I'm, you know, still perimenopausal crazy right now. Um, We're all very strong women, yet we can't all come to the table for everything in our lives. Right. So I'm sitting here and I've been struggling with something that as the person who sort of leads fixing things in the world I live in, um, how as a strong woman, how do you ask for advocacy? Where do you go? Who do you ask? How do you, how do you get comfortable with that? I can jump in and tell you, I just jump go right, right to the need. You know, like I will go up to anybody. I'll ask them for a Ferris wheel or a petting zoo for a charity event. I'll ask them to, at a birthday party, I'll ask them to take the toys that their kids got and they don't, they know they're not going to play with and they know they're not going to like. Just separate them aside before they open them, put them in the closet, save them to me for toys for tots. I don't think about how I'm going to be judged. I don't think about, you know, anything. I just go right for what I want and I just look them right in the eye and I ask. And 99 times out of 100 people say yes, they they want to help and they want to be led. And that's where my right. kind of crazy ass leadership comes in going, I will stand up and I will just ask because you know what the worst they can say is no. And if they don't mm-hmm. like me, who cares? I don't want to be your friend anyway. If you don't want to be my friend because I'm asking you for your kids multi, you know, gazillion toys at a birthday party that he could never possibly use. And I could transform 10 kids lives from your kids left yeah then don't be my friend I love that I, I think that you asked how do we get to solutions and I, I think that 
that's what we do as advocates. We come with solutions. We mm -hmm. come with ideas and options. I also think we educate because sometimes people really want to help, but they don't know how. So when you educate them about whatever the issue may be or whatever the voice is that you're trying to raise above the noise, because let's face it, there's a lot of noise out there these days mm -hmm. and everybody's priorities are different. But as you are going into your advocacy area, if you educate people on a, an opportunity basis as it comes up, and you educate them on what it is you're doing, most people are extremely avidly interested and want to know what they can do to help. And Sandra, you just gave them an answer on how they can help. So I think our advocacy is a passion, and I think that it truly is something that you, you're not afraid to ask. You're, you're not timid. None of us are. We know how we feel strongly about something, and we will go to great lengths to find answers for folks. We are coming up on another break. We are talking to Kathy Kraftke, Frankie Picasso, Kimberly Rinaldi, and Mary Ottman. And we'll be back right after the break. And we're listening to Dynamic Women Talk Radio. We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. sign has been around as long as there have been hotels where discretion was a bitter part of value. One lecturer at Cornell University School of Hotel Administration traces the do not disturb sign roots to the aristocracy of the early 20th century at grand establishments such as the Ritz in Europe. It sure is annoying when you just want to be a slug of bed and someone knocks at the door and says, housekeeping, What's the word for the semi-conscious state between sleep and wakefulness? Hypnopompic. There are days when I wish I could wear a do not disturb sign around my neck. What to call someone who wants to lay in bed all day? A scabberlatcher. I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. It's exciting to know that we have been given the power to shape our lives. Yes, circumstances can play a part, but they are only temporary. Choosing to live a healthy life is possible, and there is not a better time to start than the beginning of the new year. If you are not already making fitness and healthy living your focus, then a new year means a new lifestyle. It's a fact that weight loss and fitness are top resolutions every year. According to the Cooper Aerobics Center, 97% of Americans never fulfill their New Year's resolutions. After committing to a new goal, only 76% do make it past the first week, and 46% make it past the six-month mark. Use your power of choice to keep those resolutions, to live a healthy life of exercise and good eating. Be the one that fulfills your resolution and determine that this new year brings a new lifestyle for you. I'm Annette Hammond.
Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here on Dynamic Talk Radio. We are Dynamic Women Talk Radio. We forgot the women. Boy, that's a <laughs> that's not a good thing on this show, because we've got Linda Crater, Frankie Picasso, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mary Ottman, and Kathy Craffey. Now, we're talking about advocacy, and I have worked with the Marines for over 30 years, and I have run a lot of different events for them and in particular is is these big toys for tots events that i do every year and we raise thousands and thousands of toys for kids and what i found is that people are tired of being asked to contribute and this is where like my marketing background from northwestern comes in and my disney experience is whenever i set up an advocacy event whether it's for you know children foster care children homeless kids you know kids with cancer, all the things that I serve, I try to make it answer the question, what's in it for them? Mm -hmm. If I go to Toys for Tots and I present my stuff on social media to gather toys, I took one year, 2000 smiles, and I pasted them in like 35 pages of documents. And I said, each one of these smiles is a kid that got a toy from you last year. What are we going to do this year? And I tell them, hey, come to my party. It's going to be really fun. And you know what? Don't bring me a bottle of wine or a a dish. I I support everything. Just bring me a toy and come and have a great time. And that whole thing is we are feeling good about what we're doing. We're not doing it out of obligation or guilt or fear. And I'll tell you, when you swing that advocacy around to the positive, it's like night and day. It's Kimberly. I, you know what, I've been a Glaza member <clears throat> since I was in high school, and that's Greater Los Angeles Zoo Association, because I love my animals. Mm-hmm. Um, at high school level, I was walking out where they were showing the animal testing, because they're always out there trying to drum up money. Um, I can remember in high school walking out and saying, how is this helpful? How is yeah. this helpful? You know, giving the horror stories, putting it out there. We were talking on the break about, you know, the gummy-eyed little dogs on television. Mm-hmm. You're right. I, I flipped the channel. I will not watch. If this is the marketing you're going to try and tap me with, you've, you've gone to the bottom of the barrel and you've scraped the very last dregs out. Um, I love what Sandra said, going the positive route. Show me what you're doing in lieu of. Show me how you're helping. Show me what's actually working. Don't show me what we want to avoid. Well, this is Mary. And, you know, I got a really up-close look at this. Um, I actually went to Ethiopia uh, a year ago in June. And I remember looking around, and it's the same concept. I remember looking around, and I thought, I am a drop of help in a sea of need Mm -hmm. and how is my little contribution going to do anything here? And I think, you know, and, and I help water to thrive. They're a nonprofit here in Austin. But so that's, it's that concept when you see like the, you know, the UNICEF commercials and the, I mean, you just look at those and you're like, how's my little $20 going to do anything? I mean, you just, like you just feel like you're overwhelmed with the the need to want to help, but you just can't see it happening versus the positive spin of look what your money did. Look how mm-hmm. happy these kids are with these toys, you know, and I grew up pretty, pretty, uh, uh, resource bound, let's say, and I didn't, uh, get any of those toys, but I can just imagine a kid that wouldn't have gotten anything else. And just the, 
the the joy. There's the the guilt and the um, the sadness and the feeling like I wish I could do more, but this just isn't enough. Versus the joy of knowing you made a difference. I think that's the total enabler there of of advocacy with a positive spin. Mm-hmm. I I personally, this is Linda. I think advocacy is personal, and that's why. We can be mm-hmm. persuasive. When it matters to us, your passion comes through. And the world is so filled with noise, online mm-hmm. or in general. And so when you can tell a story, stories are a wonderful way to gain advocacy um, from another person who wants to help. So if it's personal, if it matters, if you have a story, yes, with the teaspoon. But if you are making a difference, one family at a time, I think it really does. It, it is positive. And your $20 or your two hours of uh, volunteer time, I think it does make a difference. And I think advocacy is such a blessing to so many in so many different areas that it's personal. And that's what makes it cut through. Yeah, I, I'm so with you on that, Linda. I was thinking, what is the Mary's raised such a good point. You know, sometimes we feel like we're overwhelmed by the need. And then I was going back to my original statement. I think about advocating for my own kids at their school. And so when I combine those two things together and I think about how personal advocacy is for me, it comes down to this. Some of my most effective time that I spend is with young people, teaching them how to ask for what they want. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we can get there unless we know ourselves as women how to ask for what we want and then know what we want, what we want to achieve. We can begin to model that for the young people that are around us everywhere. And and I think then we start to feel like we might have a chance. And I say this because you never know with a young person what kind of influence they'll have in their future. I'm sure none of your moms knew how effective or dynamic you ladies would be someday and so I, I just think, wow, let's just encourage as many young people as we can by, by learning ourselves how to advocate for, our, advocate for ourselves and how to be advocates for others. That's a lot, Mary. I'm going to toss it back to you. Do you think that helps? I mean, I think that might help me a little bit when I think about how big the need is. Who said it? Oh, I loved your quote. I'm a drop of help in a sea of need. Yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, I think that um, advocating for ourselves first, I think women have, in general, have a problem uh, as a, as a gender, certainly, you know, us dynamic women have figured out how to speak up for ourselves, but I would, there's, it took me, it took me decades, frankly, you know, and, and we're all on our journey to being where, and I'm 48 now. So once you're 48, you just don't give it, you just, whatever, I'm going to just speak up for what I want. But I think, you know, people will be more willing to advocate for others, I think, than Mm -hmm. themselves. But I think it's so powerful once you, once you see yourself as worthy and just because you are in existence, you are worthy you become even more powerful with your advocacy and you, and you lose the fear of approaching people. You know, I was really 
Okay, y'all aren't going to believe this, but I was so shy as a child. It was unbelievable. You know, we had to sell like oranges for the band and, you know, and candles and all this kind of crazy stuff. And I just was terrible at that. I just couldn't go up and ask people for things. But when you're asking for other people and causes like this, you just, it, it empowers people. It emboldens them to put aside their personal fear and, and get out there and speak up for things they believe in. You know, and I love, <clears throat> excuse me, I love it. I love that you're going down that road, Mary. I, I was a shy and reserved child as well. And my mother at a very young age, and I've told the story before, told me you're short, you're Mexican, you're female, you're going to get overlooked or you can choose to get a voice. And oh. I think I was four at the time, four or five because my sister was in a, a stroller. And I, I moved the other direction. I'm actually, I'm pretty militant. And for me, I think the dividing line is, I have to stop and ask people, oh, did you need me to step in and take care of that? Because I, I can do it. I can totally do it. I can totally take that over for you and make it happen. So I don the superhero cape and the mask, unfortunately, at times where I realize maybe that other person needed to step up Maybe mm-hmm. this is part of their path. Maybe this is something that they need to learn. Or mm-hmm. frankly, there are people who wander around flailing their little hands going, help me, help me, help me, fix it, fix mm-hmm. it, fix it, yeah. and won't take personal responsibility. So for me, learning where I begin and others end, having those healthy boundaries and learning, learning to sometimes just ask, did you need me to get this for you? And then please explain what it is you need from it. Good points. All good points. The other, the other side of that, though, is learning to ask for yourself because, you know, we, we're, it is easier to ask for others than it is for ourselves. but we're as important as anybody else. So I think when you can learn to ask for yourself, and it's not give me a handout, it's give me a help up. Um, you know, do you know somebody who knows somebody so that I can get my foot in the door or something like that? And it's just so important to you. Uh, that, that is worth learning how to do. I agree. This is Mary. And that's actually a great skill in terms of advocacy. Like we, we may advocate, for example, the water to thrive, um, Mm -hmm. nonprofit, but if we go and approach, we can do joint ventures. So in this instance, my, my interest is water to thrive, but someone else, I'm trying to think what a, what a, another charity would be, you know, they may have a different market. Yeah. Aim to change or whatever. Yes. And, and, we could be more powerful together. So I have to believe in myself enough to go and ask them to do joint venture partnerships and partner up on a a event or effort or whatever. But I agree learning to ask for yourself, your own personal self for what you need in your life. And then also learning to go out and ask for help for your, for your cause. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it gets down to, okay, we're a show about women. It gets down to confidence and it gets down to asking for what you believe in. And, and I think that we've made great strides as a gender and we have so much further to go, I, you know, but it's a, it's a beautiful thing when people launch their wings and, and reach their potential for sure. That is such a huge word, potential. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so, it, it evokes a lot of positive things, but it also evokes some anxiety and you want to achieve your full potential. I'm going to go back to what you said about um, believing in yourself and asking for yourself. I think sometimes dynamic women, especially, are poor 
at asking for help for ourselves because I think we know we can pretty much manage it ourselves. And yet, why are we blocking others from actually having the opportunity to help us? And I think Mm -hmm. that's something we don't often remember. Someone once said to me, why didn't you let them help you? They wanted that opportunity and you cut it off for them. And that has stuck with me forever Yeah, because I think it's really important that we... engage with one another and allow others to help us. It makes us, you know, very compassionate with one another. So advocacy is personal and we learn about learning, we learn about ourselves and we learn about voice and giving voice to others. This has been a wonderful show, ladies. Thank you so much. If you want to hear more, go to dynamicwomentalkradio.com. We're also on iTunes and we'll be back next week with another show and more amazing Dynamic Women. Turn after these short messages. It's Did you ever check under the bed for monsters when you were a kid? That's what one man from Zimbabwe should have done. When Guy Whittle retired for the evening at the Humani Lodge where he works, he had no clue that an eight-foot crocodile was sleeping under his bed. He got out of bed to eat breakfast and heard one of the housekeepers scream. What's a word for the fear of reptiles? Herpetophobia. Mr. Whittle said that he had previously been sitting on the edge of the bed with his bare feet dangling just centimeters away from the 300-pound croc. Maybe crocodile noses aren't that sensitive after all. What's another word for smelly feet? Podhogramadrosis. To use a term from Shakespeare, these two were strange bedfellows. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. When your focus is to lose weight or maintain your present weight, exercising effectively to burn the most calories is crucial. You want to give yourself every advantage to burn as many calories as possible. One good tip is to do your strength training exercises standing up so you can keep your heart rate up. Another tip is to perform multi-joint exercises when you can. For example, as you're doing a forward lunge, add bicep curls while you're coming up from the lunge. Another example is to execute a wide squat. And as you're coming up from the squat, perform a shoulder press. By doing these multi-joint exercises, you're putting more demands on your body, keeping your heart rate up, and working more muscles at the same time. The goal is to burn the most calories during that workout. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Crater, Frankie Picasso, Mary Ottman, Kimberly Rinaldi, and Kathy Craffy, and we're talking about advocacy. And one of the things that... Um, you know, I'm really into these days is, is the concept of a tribe. And, you know, when I was growing up, everything was teamwork. Oh, you got your soccer team, you got your swim team, you know, you got this. And, and, you know, then I got into leadership training and a lot of military, you know, leadership, 
uh, concepts and Tony Robbins concepts, but I really want to encourage everybody to, sorry, to embrace the concept of a tribe. Recently, I had a reading done from Geraldine Tegelov, Dr. Geraldine Tegelov, and she is another dynamic woman. And she said, you know, Stan, set up your intention tribe, set up your spirit tribe. And it was really a neat concept to go, wow, if I'm manifesting things, if I'm trying to create something with my advocacy work, you know, call on my dead grandmother, call on my dead mother, call on everybody. She's like, call on your spirit guides, call on your animal guides, call on everybody to build. The tribe. And that was just for meditation. And so I call it my spirit team or my spirit tribe. And so I want to talk about the formation of an advocacy tribe because I look here on the uh, panel at some of our guests today, like Frankie Picasso, you know how much I go out and advocate for so many causes, yes. but then I get burned out and then I want to cry and somebody hurts my feelings because at the end of the day, I'm still a person, not a machine or a robot. And Frankie has picked me up. Kathy has picked me up. Kimberly has picked me up. Linda has picked me up. And Mary Ottman, you're going to get a phone call at some Perfect. <laughs> look for it, Mary. Thank you. It takes a village to advocate. It, it takes does. a tribe. Mm-hmm. It takes a team. I'm going to go to Frankie Picasso first and then to Kathy Craffy. Thank you. Because I, I wanted to respond to one thing that Linda had said, and that was about, um, she was talking about, you know, giving or, or something. But the thing is, giver, people who are givers, don't like to be receivers because it feels too good to give, but they have to learn to receive. And that's right. a gift that they it's give important. to themselves and to others, right? It's important right. to learn to, to, to receive. And that was something that I was very bad at, very bad at, because it was just so much easier just to give because it was, it was almost embarrassing for people to help me. I, don't I get help. it. I don't need help, but, but we valuable. do, we, we all need help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I called Sandra crying yesterday, you know, it, and we need a tribe and, and it gets more difficult as, for, for people like me who moved around a lot, I don't know the people I went to high school with. You know, I know my, my kids have friends that they, you know, started in kindergarten with, but I don't have that luxury. So, you know, my friends are, are you guys. It's the people that are virtual even around the world that are my friends that I feel close to. And it doesn't matter if I haven't met you or not. I still feel close to you. And and so I'm going to call on you as a friend and as a tribe member and as a dynamic woman and go, hey, you know what? Could you, could you help me out here? Because I need something. And I I am open and reciprocal, you know, because you have to be. Frankie, you are so that way. That really open and reciprocal are two great words for who you are. Thank you. I'm a little jealous, actually, that you called Sandra and not me when you had tears yesterday. Cause uh, <laughs> oh, dear. I would try to with you. But I have this great quote, and since we've got two Texans on the show today with Mary Ottman and I, I'm going to quote Sam Houston, and uh, I think it's so appropriate for the tribe thing, so y'all just bear with me, I'll explain. I am aware that in presenting myself as the advocate of the Indians and their rights, I shall stand very much alone. That was Sam Houston. So we're talking about tribe and the need to not have to stand alone. And Yeah. I think it's such a good balance to remember it. And, and with Native Americans in his description, his quote there, I just thought that's too perfect to pass up. We get the idea for, of tribe from these people groups that are so much a part of who we are. It's mm-hmm. just part of human nature to create people groups and tribes. And even within our own tribes, sometimes we do have to stand alone, but we don't have to always. 
it's it's so great to give the other person their the gift of I, I'm just, I mean I was kidding about being jealous. No, but I, I I'm really glad you gave Sandra that gift yesterday. That was so precious. I bet she'll never forget that. Mm, so, she already uh, did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Anyway, I so Sam, he, and there you go, Mary. That's for the Texans in the room. <laughs> Perfect. And, you know, I was sitting here thinking, um, you said he had said he was alone. You know, our fast-paced environment just generally causes us women to isolate just because we're so busy, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. you, you gals obviously talk a lot. But, you know, I know in the workplace I was at, people were so busy. If you didn't get together once in a while for lunch, you didn't you didn't get to see other people. You were caddying kids around and grocery shopping or, you know, and so when you're, when you're an advocate, by definition, you're putting yourself out there and making yourself vulnerable. And for every cause, you've got an equally passionate and opposite cause out there that's going to come for you, right? When you put yourself out there. And, and so, that it just, I think it was Sandra that was saying, you just get worn down emotionally mm -hmm. by the, you know, rejection, just the friction of it all. And I think that's a, a beautiful thing to create a tribe to support each other, uh, particularly the advocates out there, because, you know, just try posting your, your views on that, on anything on Facebook and see how many, you know, hate grams you get. It's, it's, it's just a jungle out there. Right. So, you know, yes. we're all strong women, but even as strong women, we, uh, you know, you have those times when you need to gather your sisters around you and tell us we're beautiful and we don't look fat in our jeans, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I, you know what I think is often so difficult is when advocacy become competitive with one another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're on the same side, you're on the same mission, and instead of being collaborative, there are some groups that really resist that and that's unfortunate in my view because mm -hmm. we we are all part of a greater tribe even if we have smaller sub tribes out there mm -hmm. doing things so advocacy and having a tribe and being supported in our both our mission and our personal advocacy and as a as a person mm -hmm. all three things are very important to me mm -hmm. you know it's um Charles Dickens said, no one is useless in this world who lightens the burden of another. Mm. The bottom line is, as human beings, as evolved and developed and actualized human beings, we have a need to feel purposeful. Mm -hmm. And we are, we are incomplete without that. And I think advocacy speaks to the human nature of the evolved soul. So I think... You know, this is a great topic, and I think I think it's a good a good one to spin off from. Um, but we we feel we have a need to feel needed. We have a need to feel purposeful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. significance. Yeah. yeah. But Linda, I want to talk about that competitiveness for a moment because you know one of the things I'm I'm working towards right now with somebody is is leveling the playing field for the nonprofits who aren't the big red crosses and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, so, so many I. people. Yeah, great. Let's we should collaborate. get together. Yeah, and and so you know. This idea that, oh, my, my, you know, I have to get all the money for my group that's putting, you know, doing cleft palate surgery or, you know, or over here and over here. Why aren't people coming together and say, hey, you know what? We all need money. We yeah. all need, you know, to fix this. We want to fix it. It's not about me, <clears throat> excuse me, me and my little group. It's about the greater good. You know, if you got a better idea, tell me about it. Let's do it. But that isn't always the 
Outlook. No, because so everybody wants the glory. They, oh, I, I did it. Look what I did. Got to get Award. the egos. Yeah it's, yeah, it's egos as opposed to mission. So yeah. what really is important, your advocacy or you? Right. I'm just going to give an example, and I'm not going to name the charities, but this is something I was particularly proud of. Um, I put big charities together based on need, and I remember how much pushback I got at the beginning. But my Marines came and provided security detail for this, this organization and this event. They flipped hamburgers. They helped the homeless and foster care kids. They helped them get on and off the buses because this one cha this one charity was very um, – product heavy. And in return, instead of raising, you know, I don't know, 100,000 pieces of product, they raised 100,000, 150,000 pieces of product and 50,000 of those toys went over to the Los Angeles Toys for Tots. And then we brought in a third advocacy group who were very good at, at creating things and they created the backpacks for the homeless and foster kids and, and got them stuffed and you know all these different things and I remember when I sat in this meeting with these three groups going hey you have a you have b you have c together we can create d and there was like dead silence in the room and I thought oh there you go San open yeah. up your trap but <laughs> after a few minutes everybody thought you know what we can do this. And to this day, those three organizations shine because of their collaborative efforts. But everybody had to put their egos aside mm -hmm. to say, you know yes. what, let's combine because it's no longer Charity A's event. It's no longer Charity B's event. It's everybody's. And if we focus on the outcome, which is the kids get what they need, then right. we all did our jobs. Mm. That's powerful. I love it. Yeah. And that's how it should be. And so it's a lesson. I think I think that we need to start teaching this in school, how how to you know collaborate, how to be cooperative, how to uh, be a friend, how to you know not take the the glory or have the ego. And that like it gets to the first show when we're talking about awards. Everybody got an award. Yeah, forget about the award. The the project gets the award, not the people. The outcome gets the award, or is the award. The outcome is the award. It's yeah. like, it's mm -hmm. embarrassing, but I have a, I have a, cause I can't bear to throw them out. I don't know. I'm probably going to have to be buried with them. You know, <laughs> I have a file cabinet full of awards. I've got 34 Marine Corps commendations. I've got, you know, probably another 50 for between childhood cancer, childhood advocacy, homeless yeah. and foster care. Kids. And I appreciate each one of them. But that's not why I'm here. That's no. no, but they appreciate the work that you did for them. Right. That's their affirmation for yeah. you. Though I will tell you, the greatest award I ever got was in a nuisance lawsuit um, a couple years ago. <laughs> and over 100 kids wrote letters to the judges saying, Miss Beck provided my soccer gear. Miss Beck provided my backpack. Miss uh, Beck provided wow. my calculator. And the idea that she would harm someone else, you know, it was a stupid nuisance restraining yeah. order thing. And it was intended to humiliate me. And you mm. know what? It didn't humiliate me. It empowered me because all these kids wrote letters in Tagalog and Spanish and Russian, and they wrote them to the court to say, we support her, we defend her. And boy, you want to talk about a great award, but yeah. that's about keeping your eye on the ball. The ball mm -hmm. is not us. The ball is not the awards. The ball is creating what we need to create in our own power together to make the world a better place. 
This is Dynamic Women Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard today, check us out on iTunes. Go to dynamicwomentalkradio.com. We'll be back again next week with another great show and another table full of dynamic women. Go make this week a good one. Nice. Thank you for tuning in today to Dynamic Women Talk Radio and join us each week. You can find more shows on dynamicwomentalkradio.com. Welcome to Entrepreneur Accelerator with your hosts Jennifer Stowe and Kimberly Rinaldi. 